And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello. Well, gentlemen, are you enjoying your fellowship together today? <laughs> the reason I ask that is because of our subject that's on the table before us is concerning fellowship. This is a really neat discussion today. I'm very excited about it. Um, fellowship. Who can get us started about this important uh, subject? Well, the most important thing about fellowship is they have plenty of food. Oh, yes. Oh, well, I guess <laughs> Did you bring really any it. food, Mark? Uh, no, Dan, well, I was looking on. for it. Well, I can no. tell you one thing right now. You've had a lot of fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good thing I think the we all have here. <laughs> well, this is a dynamic start to our discussion today. And, Mark, I see you've got some scriptures there. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, and, and uh, I'm looking at verse... 24, uh-huh. and it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, that's very interesting. Right away, my mind goes to something, and that is um, fellowship is tied to the church. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, it is. I, I, the church is the body of Christ. It's people. Yes. And interesting, uh, John the Apostle talks about how can you love him whom you have not seen if you don't love them whom you do see every day yeah. in your life or in the church when you assemble. So uh, fellowship is the way we carry out mm-hmm. the two great commandments of Scripture, love God and love for neighbor. Mm-hmm. I have fellowship with God and my Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. I have fellowship with my neighbor through the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in his body. And that's it. I mean, Jesus, uh, at the Last Supper, he just said, a new commandment I give you, by uh, this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. And that when the love for one another, of course, is the body of believers. And, yeah. and that connection right there. Is anything said in the text implying the size of a, a local church body as to the quality of the fellowship? That's a, that's an interesting question. The size of the fellowship. I do think churches get too big. Mm-hmm. We can we can have churches that are spectator churches. Yeah. Now it's yeah. difficult for me unless they can find other ways. Uh, what what is the fellow we mentioned him a few weeks ago? I must say I, I've only seen him interviewed on television, and I once saw the great church in Houston that he is. I think forty thousand mm-hmm. people. Joel Olstein. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now here's a forty thousand member church, or take the big one in Seoul, Korea. That's two hundred fifty thousand member. Oh my, uh, a church. It's actually a denomination, and I think that, uh, that's a Presbyterian church. And I think the Pentecostal church in Seoul is four hundred thousand. So they're really denominations, <laughs> but they still come out of one local church. Yeah. Well, it would not be possible to have fellowship in that kind of yeah. of uh, situation unless you are able, some ways, to break these up into small enough unities. Right. To have personal relationships, yeah, there's got to be some home groups or small yeah. Bible studies. Otherwise, or whatever. you're in a spectator church. Yeah, and that and that is true. And that we could get in a debate on this, except we're probably in the same side. Is that uh, <laughs> when you get to 250, 300 members in your church, I think it's time to start a new fellowship mm, somewhere. Interesting. We've generally had a rule in uh, our circles up until a certain point, and when the church gets four or five hundred, we do look to plant another church. Mm-hmm. Five hundred is is probably the upper limit. Well, that's a practical for, for, cons- for good fellowship concern around here too. Um, some of us live far away, and sometimes it's a little bit hard to have um, good fellowship because we have to travel so far to be with one another. You know, you brought up something, Dan. That's that's really interesting, and 
you know, dealing with fellowship with distance. And it's mm. this has come about because of our technological age. We drive in cars now. We, dro- we go long distances to get to places. And the church, the fellowship that you're part of, Dan, and, and, and I'm a part mm-hmm. of, it's a commuter yes. church. Yes. And it was very different from my church in Illinois where I had like four different families almost in the same block in the church. Yes. You know, and, and I think we, that's we, more of an ideal, actually. Yeah, and in many ways, I think that is ideal, yeah. except that we do live in a different society. Well, we live in a pluralistic society. At one time when societies were, let's say, for instance, Christian, let's say in a country like, uh, I'll, I'll take uh, Great Britain, mm-hmm. they had the parish system. Yeah. And the parish system was that you went to the church because you lived within its shadow. Yeah. And transferring a membership was when you moved to another parish. That's right. Uh, we we really can't have that in our society, except in very few places. I know there's some places in the upper Midwest where Lutherans have it, because that's all there is in uh, <laughs> some places in Minnesota. And some places in North Carolina, all there are, you only find anybody but Presbyterians. Or in places like Mississippi and Alabama, you have Baptists. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is, pluralism, or this pluralistic society, its fragmentation is, is evident even in our church life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's unfortunate in, in many ways, but... I mean, it's the reality that we live with. Nevertheless, Mm -hmm. that fellowship is very, very important. Let me ask you this before the break, and it may uh, um, cause some comments that extend beyond our break. Um, Some Christians, maybe not too many, but some Christians um, feel that they can have a quote-unquote fellowship and be entirely apart from the body of Christ, entirely apart from a church, never take communion, never experience baptisms, none of this. I think you know who I may be implying here and his cult following. Uh, what about those people? I, I think uh, it is true that uh, we have to understand what fellowship is in the New Testament. It's something that the Spirit creates, and it includes a whole range of things that we share in with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a fearful thing to cut yourself off from fellowship with the body of Christ and fellow believers. And yes, I'm, I'm sure you're talking about Harold Gamping here, yes, who I is was. doing all of his work and ministry uh, in his own head and context with a few friends because he's cut himself off from the body of Christ. And look at the, the absolute uh, confusion that he is in and the, the confusion that he has created around him yes. and cast into the general society. The yes, man has. True as in many respects, uh, blasphemed the body of Christ. Oh, there's no and question And therefore, he's blasphemed against, I would say, uh, the Lord Jesus himself, who's the great head and king of the church. As he has, yes. And, there's and, a tremendous amount of arrogance in that, to stand up and say that uh, here, the bride of Christ, which uh, the Holy Spirit has led over the years, and yeah, this Holy Spirit's been quenched, and there's been errors and sure. things uh, that have occurred. But yet, it is still the bride of Christ, and to turn around and say, I know better than anybody else, that's, to me, that's the height of arrogance, and it's the sin of Satan. Let's uh, uh, hold that thought for a minute. We'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Today, we're talking about fellowship here on A Plain Answer. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms What 
goodness What a peace is mine Leaning on the everlasting arms. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Oh, ask me to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path goes from day to day. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about a, um, an aberration, I suppose you could say, of uh, what true fellowship is. And we were talking a little bit about uh, the cult of Harold Camping. And uh, by the way, it's been just a little bit over a year. Time goes so fast when he was 100% certain Christ was returning. And, you know, th- this, too, is another uh, aspect of rejecting the bride of Christ, rejecting the church, which told him, Harold, no, it's not, not true. You can't set dates like that. Um, the the church, let's let's continue talking about this in terms of fellowship. Who can, who can help us out here? Well, I think that part of the thing you have with fellowship is to be with other believers so that when you study the Scriptures or, or either actions, sometimes it's moral actions, sometimes... It's teaching that you are guided by the church so you don't get off on, on any wild tangents. Um, from the moral standpoint, and I'll just touch on this briefly, I've known of individuals who have gone off, and the first thing they've done when they decided to leave their family was they cut off all the other believers that they had fellowship with because they knew that the believers would Pose an obstacle. Yeah. In a real way. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they, they were opposing what they were doing and trying to convince them otherwise, and they just didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Fellowship is an interesting concept in the New Testament. The, the main word that we have is koinonia, mm-hmm. which yeah. means to have a share in or to communicate with, uh, to participate in. It's actually uh, the right hand of fellowship in the New Testament, which we gave uh, some deacons this past Sunday when we ordained uh, a couple of deacons. Uh, the elders of the church came forward and gave them the right hand of fellowship. And that right hand of fellowship, while it's symbolic, it is also a meaningful gesture. It means it that they have joined with us to share together the burden and work of the church and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. So fellowship 
includes participation in having to do with someone. You know, some people uh, believe that they can live the Christian life uh, on their own. Now, yeah. that sounds reasonable at first, and I think some people can get along pretty well by themselves. But are they really then engaged in the church? I know sometimes it's bruising to be in the body of Christ, but sometimes yes, we is. need a few bruises uh, to, to right. get us to look and think and yeah. uh, and understand in a different way or understand what the real work of the Lord is in our midst. Yeah. Some yeah. member the other day mentioned to me something, and there was some little issue that came up, and she says uh, sometimes you just have to walk on eggshells or you know words to that effect, and you know what? Uh, that's That's got a lot of truth to it. Yeah. People are not perfect, and the fact that we're thrown together and have to learn to live together, as it were, as the body of Christ – um, is a good thing, but it doesn't mean it's easy. It's the sanctifying effect on us in oh, the fellowship yes. of the saints. Oh, but yes. You mentioned an important thing. We are the body of Christ. I mean, Paul talks about that in First Corinthians 12 when he's talking about having all these gifts together and, and unified with, with the body. And, and how does the hand work if it detaches itself from the body? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't work, does you it? You know, when we pray on Sunday, uh, uh, I've asked the congregation the last probably three years to pray for the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, become quite aware that we have brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in the body of Christ around the world who are suffering for the cause yes. of Christ. And it's important to remember that when they hurt, the That's work right. of the body is hurting, and we share in that in some ways. That's right. We share in that. And, and sometimes it gets me a little upset when I think about here we are in America, we have all these freedoms, we can we can gather together freely, we can mm-hmm. have fellowship together, and we treat it so lightly and cavalierly. You're right. And yet we've got brothers and sisters in Christ in Egypt, in North Korea, in oh, yeah. China, in, in many of these other places, and some of these believers don't even know any other believer around them hmm. and have very little means to find out because if they're too vocal... They'll get killed. They'll get killed. Oh, yeah. And and so the fellowship that they're able to have is so scant mm. because of the circumstances in which they live. Mm-hmm. And yet we have the circumstances where we can have this fellowship, and yet mm-hmm. we treat it so lightly. Yeah. One of the things that uh, that is a joy to me about Redeemer Broadcasting is that once in a while we get a email from overseas in some yeah. <laughs> uh, remote place, a person who really can't speak out very much, and they tell us, how much they love the yeah. ministry of uh, Christian organizations mm. that are broadcast into their areas, yeah. and it sustains it them. It yeah. That's fellowship, people. in a sense. That's too. right. We yeah. can keep a connection with these people, yeah. even uh, around the world. Well, today we're talking about fellowship. Um, I noticed something, too, about fellowship, and that is it helps me to stay spiritually on track. Because automatically, in the fellowship of the saints, there's accountability. Uh, when I walk into the sanctuary on a Sunday morning, let's say I'm down at Rock Tavern on that particular Sunday, and I see my brother Robert, or I see my brother Sabi, um, these guys can take me to task and say, how are you doing? And I need to answer back honestly, whether I'm doing good or bad or indifferent, and uh, I need that. This this is the fellowship of the saints, and it's built-in accountability. That's right, and and that's one of the things that we uh, do as saints is we build each other up. Uh, we bear one another's burdens, Galatians yeah. chapter 6. We bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of God. Mm. And that's that's great. And sometimes it means getting 
and disciplining someone in oh, our yes. body. And yes. that's one of the things that's sad. When people are unwilling to, yes. to join the body of Christ, they're basically saying, yeah, I want to hang around with you, but I don't want oh, you to discipline me. I, Unless they're part of the body, we don't have a means and, and, to discipline. And, you discipline. know, as elders, I'm sure the elders feel the last thing they want to do is have a church discipline case, right? Yeah. They're not looking out for, for well, let's see, who can, who can I bother today? No, that's not it at all. I, I, I thought that's the elders always were looking <laughs> for a heretic burning, right? No. But, You're but, right, Dan, you know, you, we don't. We have children. You know, all of us in this room have children. Um, you know the, 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 the endearing feeling towards your child and the times when that little child was growing up and discipline was was needed, maybe some form of of a spanking or something, and it hurts the parent to have to put forth yeah. discipline in that little life. And yet, part of us loves doing it because why? Because we love the child so much. We learn right. we learn through discipline, yeah. Yeah. and we uh, mature, and we learn to what it means to be a yeah. civilized human being and a, and a yeah. Christian that is growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Yeah. So we need this discipline. And so, Mark, going back to your original point, uh, for folks that. Are just kind of lackadaisically in the church, but but not really wanting to become a part of that local body and accountable to the elders, and therefore under a potential discipline, uh, it's really not it's really not right, is it? Well, I would yeah. like to uh, raise the question: Why don't people join the church and the fellow, which is called the fellowship of the saints? I think I have two or three reasons why they don't. I'd be interested uh, in num- hearing number that. one is that there's some people who do not want to submit to any authority. Yeah. Mm. Now, the very basic creed in the New Testament is that I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And mm. when we call him Lord, we submit. In the church, we're taught to submit one to another. Mm-hmm. And in another yeah. passage, we're taught to submit to those that have the rule over us in the Lord. You're right. The leadership of the church. I'm thinking that, yes, there's a certain humility it takes to do all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes lack of submitting to the body of Christ and joining the church is is uh, a lack of humility. Mm. Uh, teaching, too. Te- it has mm-hmm. to be taught, but lack of humility. Yeah, and I think a lot of times it's uh, lack of hearing the teaching. Now, that that was your first point, John. You said about three, t- three points. <laughs> I want to hear the other two. I would say one of them is apathy. Well, th- there's a lack of commitment yeah, uh, in it. our society. We, we are developing short-term relationships. Yeah. And that's in marriage. That's in you know civic. Yeah, most right. civic organizations today are going down the tubes for lack of uh, civic commitment. And then, of course, you you leave that void open, and guess what? Big government fills it in and controls your life. Oh yeah. Uh, there are all kinds of reasons right. uh, for what's going on today with respect to big government. One of them is that we are refusing to commit ourselves to those institutions and places that make for a good society. You know, I yeah. I, I told my mm-hmm. daughters. Uh, not long ago, that I thought if you love America, you would join her church. And the reason I say that is because the people who are supporting the work here in America and its freedom and promoting its freedom are those who actually are most committed to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've noticed that. That's right. There really is. They're the the greatest patriots. Look where the patriots are not. They're not found within our churches. And so... In a real sense, uh, if you want to preserve your society and your liberties, uh, one of the ways you do it very subtly, not directly, it's a byproduct, mm-hmm. is hearing the Word of God with the people of God. And in some ways, that makes you love all things that are wonderful and beautiful more. Well, That's right. 
That's right. Yeah. Even your country. If you look at an early founding and you see the churches and the strength of the churches, even the Tocqueville recognized that when he came through that America is great because America is good. And the strength he found was in the churches. Well, why? Because the churches, their fellowship, they take care of one another. Mm. They t- they take care of it. You didn't need the government to, to come in and move in. No. When the government comes and moves in, it doesn't do the job. Well, it does the job poorly. The secularists are attacking the churches because they understand that connection sometimes better than Christians. Yeah, yeah. well put. Another thing I think the reason is not only fear of commitment. Uh, so many people have experienced difficulties with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they say, I, here's, here's the one objection I hear. The, I just don't want the hassle. I just don't right. want to get involved. Right. And so that is something that we have to address as well. And maybe they've had an experience in the past where they've been hurt or let down or an elder um, really um, went beyond his authority. Um, uh, so they are likely carrying some, some baggage there, some hurts. We all carry baggage. Yeah, and that's, I do, I, no doubt that happens, and it happens a know, lot because we're sinners. That's We're sinners. But it is, and, yeah. and but we're the redeemed, and, and we just hmm. uh, pray that the Holy Spirit leads and, and brings us through that. But that's part of the disciplines and, and learning to get along. It's no better in the world, believe me. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you might uh, think this is extraneous, but uh, the Apostle Peter reminds us that no scripture is of private interpretation. About every cult that ever got started got so in a private Bible study somewhere, or somebody yeah. was subject to no one yes. who mm-hmm. took upon themselves to interpret the Scripture. Usually, they're they're untaught. Uh, we are taught, by the way, not only to uh, study the Scriptures, but we're to study the Scriptures in community. Oh mm-hmm. yes. Every time I prepare a sermon, guess what? I go back and get down Saint Augustine and John Calvin and Martin Luther. Uh, I go to the Middle Ages, and I, and I go mm-hmm. to others who are in the been in the body of Christ, because I I think, you know, if um, if Thomas Aquinas or Martin Luther taught something, or John Calvin, or Jonathan Edwards on this subject, uh, I want to make sure if I disagree with them that I'm on a sound biblical basis. Yes. Yeah, that's it, and you have to. I I usually have a rule of thumb, and I do the same thing. I look at the early church fathers, and I look at. Uh, the reformers and, and mm-hmm. their teachings, God used these men. The Holy Spirit was, was strong in in guiding these men. And so, when I look at them, if I find that I'm I'm seeing something new in the Scripture, it's probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And also, I would point out that those of us in the in the Protestant communion, um, some Protestants really shy away from actually the founders of the Protestant Reformation. I think okay, they're Protestant, yet they don't want to hear about luther or calvin or you know jonathan edwards too much uh, they have their own ideas i think okay i don't think they're really protestant well there's something else think of this the the spirit has built this community through the centuries and the lord promised to put teachers in his church one of the gifts are teachers what if what if i take it upon my proudful self to reject everything that God has done in the past or worked yeah. in a great teacher like St. Augustine or John Calvin. Yeah. What does that say about me? Yeah, right. yeah. That, that, that's a kind of arrogance. I, I, knew, I knew a guy who's a very brilliant uh, Ph.D. professor of math at the time. He was at the University of Illinois, and uh, he said he didn't want to read anything that was less than 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he had there's some there's some yeah. good uh, logic in that he he realized yeah. how God used the old yeah. 
the fathers of the church. Well, we opened use. up, we, were, we mentioned uh, a modern-day cult leader, Harold Camping. And um, those of you who actually have known him, talked with him, I have actually talked with him, met him, um, he was a, an extremely brilliant man, extremely mm-hmm. inventive, and that was also his downfall. He, he would invent things, and he would make them self-consistent. It would be a system of thinking built on numerology and deeper spiritual meanings, and it would be consistent in itself, but it would just be divorced from the way things yes. really are. Yeah, yeah, it would be an, his yeah. own little invention. All in his mind. You know, and, Harold and it, was not an ordained, it's not an ordained minister. Oh, no. no. Uh, the media always present him as a, as a preacher and evangelist. That. He was an engineer. That's it. Yeah. In fact, he doesn't like preachers. Us engineers have problems. You know, each each discipline has its own problems, yeah. and the weakness of an engineer is that uh, I can speak. He'll get his blinders on. Uh, he'll go very deep on a subject, and yet he will miss some of the landscape, some of the other ba- what should be boundary conditions, and help guide him. And fellowship is so needed for the engineer as well as everybody else. As I heard one country preacher talking about another preacher, he said he took the text out of context as a pretext. (laughs) And Harold, in many ways, (laughs) has done that. He has simply isolated himself and cut himself off from the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, we're out of time already for the uh, discussion today. Just a wrap-up thought, um, John Vance. Well, uh, the Fellowship of the Saints uh, is the same thing. It's another word for the church. Uh, the fellowship of the saints. What a wonderful idea. Uh, the communion of the saints. What a wonderful idea. It means the same thing, the word fellowship yes. and communion. And we participate in Christ's gifts like the Lord's Supper and baptism, the sacraments. Mm-hmm. We participate in the preaching. We participate in the ministry. We participate in each other's lives. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely essential mm-hmm. that if we are to keep the first and second commandment, that we submit ourselves uh, to the body of Christ and love it and pray for it and promote it. Mm-hmm. Well, amen. amen. Today in the studio has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Thank you so much for tuning our way today. It's nice to have you all along with us. If you have a question for either of these fine pastors, we'd encourage you to use our email address. It is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. Please join us again next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. Oh, no.